2: I want to have them answered immediately.
3: Or just want to learn about all things automotive.
1: Hey, how exactly does a track rear end on a
4: Plymouth work?
3: It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio
5: starts now on KLZ 560 The Source. And we are Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I am your host, John Rush. We've got, of course, Larry Unger uh, answering phones for us today, which I appreciate very much. Uh, Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer. Josh Goff joining us from Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline Auto Brokers in Boulder. And then you brought along one of your guys. I did. Justin, Justin as well. Good morning. So, Justin, welcome. Thank you guys for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to get into today in the three hours. We'll, we'll kind of mix this in, but we're going to talk about buying cars, okay? It could be new car, used car. How do you do it? you know what are some of the terminologies that are that are used you know how do you get in and out you know as as smoothly as possible we'll just give you some of that insight to where I know there's some folks out there that will even for a fee help you through this process number 1 I never charge for helping anybody through that process I mean it, it's really not that complicated and I've helped people even through this program negotiate buy cars do all that stuff so it's really folks you, you you don't you don't have to um You don't have to pay somebody to help you do that and we'll get into some of the things regarding what do you look for in a car how do you know what car to buy Uh, i'm a car advocate typically i always feel like when some when somebody's you know really knocking a car typically speaking especially of late typically speaking they bought the wrong car it's not the car's fault that it's doing what it's doing now i know there's exceptions to that but Typically, what I've always found throughout the years is somebody bought the wrong car for the wrong thing or they've got buyer's remorse and they're mad at the car from that point forward. I mean, on and on we go. So we'll get into even trying to, you know, on the front side, how do you know what car to buy? We'll get into some of these things because, no, you don't necessarily need to buy what the neighbor bought. That may not be the car for you. So we'll get into some of those things today as well. Along those lines, here's our question of the day. Okay. Okay. So you guys can start thinking about this and call in with an answer. Worst or best, it can be both, car names. Now, John and Denver, John and Shane, guys hang tight. Give me one second. What got me going on this and why the question of the day? For some odd reason, the knuckleheads at General Motors, and yes, I'm calling them knuckleheads because I don't think anyone there has any idea what they're doing. They think it's a good idea to run the Chevy Escalade as its own brand and also the or the Cadillac Escalade as its own brand and the Chevy Camaro as its own brand. Those are going to be the two next GM brand umbrellas. Stupid if you ask me.
6: Yeah, I heard Corvette was going to
5: And Corvette's going to be its own brand as well. Thank you, Josh. Yes. So
6: in my opinion, do they not have anybody there that can think of new names? Well, have they ever looked at their history? They used to have Oldsmobile and Saturn and, you know, all Pontiac. Remember those names? Yes, and they're <laughs> all gone now. They're all gone now. <laughs> That's Anyways, exactly I, what
7: I, they're losing I, is the history. I,
5: yeah. I, thank you. And, and they're, they're screwing up even some of their historic car names doing what they're doing now. So, again, I'm just asking the question, what are some of the best and or worst car names that is the question of the day all right we'll get a couple of questions answered here john in denver you're first today go ahead hello hello john
8: oh hi i have a uh oh i got a couple of worst names here one of them was a laguna i can't remember i think it was some kind of general motors car in the chevy 70s or
5: mm-hmm. yes that was and a bad name as well the, yes
8: yeah and there was the nova which in spanish means doesn't go <laughs> good point good point <laughs> Oh, those are two. And well, what I really want to talk to you about is my uh, 2009 Subaru. It's going through oil, and one thing—the dipstick. When I check the oil on one side of the of the dipstick, it's you know one level, and on the other side, it's completely different, like a quart lower on the other side. And so I'm wondering, which side do I go by?
6: Always go by the mind, I say. Go go ahead. I always go by the high side on that one.
8: Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good to know. Okay, great. Uh, But it is going through oil, and I was wondering. It's got a turbocharger, and the car runs perfect, great. But, uh, you know, it's got plenty of power. But uh, is there a way to sort of check out the turbocharger to see if that's where the oil is going?
6: There is. I mean, how how much oil are you losing, like, per 1,000 miles or so?
8: Oh, it's... It might be a court, if that. I haven't really checked that out that close. So
6: and you need
5: to around. do that. Yeah, so,
6: you need to do that because
5: yeah. even for repair shop, they need to know specifically how much oil is it going through. Well,
7: that's the yeah. uh, oh, that's the manufacturer's recommendation is to check it every twelve hundred and fifty miles. Is what the is in the Subaru manual.
5: Right. Right. Exactly. I mean,
7: they're known for that.
5: Right. So you you need to do an actual diameter check, John. So, yeah, hey, I topped it off. I've got X mileage on the car right now. Drive it 1,000 miles. Where is it at? How low is it actually? And then record it that way so you know specifically how much it's using.
6: Exactly. All
9: right. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah, right, even okay. Uh, to Sorry.
5: Justin's point, even if that car was under warranty, most manufacturers, this includes across the board from... Toyota to GM to Ford and so on, most of them, you've got to get below about 800 or so miles uh, per quart before they'll even touch the car. Mm-hmm.
7: Well, and I think Josh knows a lot about this you know, with his mechanical experiences. The thin piston rings in these Japanese right. cars plus the boxer engine with the pistons being sideways. Yeah. Um, yeah, they tend exactly. to wear
5: because of gravity. They tend to wear on one side uh, versus the other to correct. Justin's point. Correct. Yes. Really? Yes. Now, real quick, and I didn't catch how many miles are on it, John.
8: Oh, just a little over a hundred thousand.
5: Okay, a little over a hundred. You know, honestly, if you're if you're over a thousand miles a quart, I I don't know. Other than doing a BG EPR treatment, I don't know if there's anything else I would do to it at this point, John. That and every right.
6: Subaru we work on, I mean, they eat one quart in two thousand miles. I don't I don't care oh, if it's absolutely. a brand new one or if it's you know. One with 100,000 miles. They always eat at least one quart in 2,000 miles.
7: They're great cars, oh, okay. but they, they do consume yeah. a little oil.
5: Yeah. And, and nice. to Justin's point, John, that's the engine designed t- in a lot of cases. It is, yeah.
8: Oh, okay. Now, I'm using uh, uh, synthetic oil. That's fine. Is that a good thing? Yes, I
5: would do that anyways. Okay. All
8: right. Okay. All right. I think you answered my questions.
5: No, thank you. Thank you, John, very much. I appreciate it. And, yeah, for anybody else out there, so it's just kind of a, a constant if anybody has oil consumption, we've said that many, many times on the program, but if you have any kind of oil consumption problem, yes, you need to know specifically how much is it. Not a guesstimate, but specifically. I drove X amount of miles and used a quart. Okay? You won't get anybody in any repair shop to even start helping you with what that consumption is until we know that data. Because otherwise, it's a crapshoot. You have no idea what you're going after. We, we need a baseline to start with. Mm-hmm. There you go.
7: The mechanic shop cannot drive your car for 5,000 miles. There you go. <laughs> Thank
5: you, Justin. John and Cheyenne, you're next.
0: Hey, guys. How are you today? Good. Good. How are you, sir? You're doing great. Oh, I'm vertical. Hey, John. Yes. You were right about the weather. It's a perfect day for me to get out and get under the hood of this Chevy. Yes, it is. Outside. Yes, it is. So, I need you guys' help. So, I Replaced the manifolds, and I'm waiting for my uh, muffler guy to have an availability. He had a sickness, so he had to cancel my last appointment, but um, that's fine. It ran great. I went on vacation. I was gone two weeks. I went out to start it. It was stone dead. I said, All right, maybe the battery, for some reason, had a problem. I took my battery charger, put it on, was going to put it on overnight, let it charge, get a good charge in it before I try to run it. The battery wouldn't even take a charge. The charger said, nope, it's not good. I said, well, let me try to jump it. I put jumpers on it, and as soon as I closed in the circuit, it started smoking a little bit. So I pulled the cables off. I said, maybe the battery froze because it was stone dead while it was gone, Mm -hmm. and that's why it's not working. Went and got a new battery, put it in, fired it up, and in less than five minutes, It smoked that battery and completely melted the covering off of the ground cable. I know I got a short somewhere. Yeah, you do. Any idea where
6: I... A big one.
0: (laughs) Uh, Any idea where I should start?
6: There's usually only two things that are going to pull that kind of amperage. One, the starter motor, and then the alternator. If it shorted out, we've had a few, especially on some Chrysler products, where the alternator actually shorts out, and it just pulls and a large amount of amperage but those are the only two things on that okay. car really that can even pull that kind of amperage to melt the shielding off the wire that's hot that's okay. really hot yeah so, that's really hot i mean that means that cable is yeah, like smoking right. hot inside john so i would start with the alternator yeah I'd unplug the alternator you know if you can and then plug it back in real quick or just kind of touch the, the cables to it real quick but make sure you have a glove on because everything's going to get real hot if it's still pulling okay. that kind of amperage
0: so, yeah so that little plug on top of the alternator if i unplug that that stops the alternator from charging no, no, with no power you, ha- going you have
6: to the pull thing. the big fat wire off the back of it to the big or red wire the, the big red wire
0: okay pull that off
6: mm-hmm.
0: and see what happens
6: and see what happens and so make sure that wire doesn't touch anything cuz again you know if you yeah. ground that wire you're pulling a large amount of current there so pull it off right, wrap right, it in right. a rag put a zip so, tie around the rag and and then poke the battery back up and and just be careful because if it's pulling okay. that kind of amperage, it'll get hot real fast. So make sure you have, you know, a big oh, leather glove yeah. on that hand. So. Oh, yeah, I've
0: got a good set of, uh, uh, actually, I work for a utility, so there I. Oh, go. there you, you
6: go.
5: you fine. <laughs> I know fine. all about electricity. <laughs> You'll be fine.
0: <laughs> and what it could be, Yeah, I should be. Yeah, uh, and the other thing is I've got a grounded set of, uh, of, not grounded, an insulated set of alignment pliers that I could also grab it with if I had to.
6: Right. That's what I would do um, too.
0: So, um so I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna check all the wires and everything, put a new uh negative cable on it. I gotta get an I smoked a brand new battery on it too. Because within less than three minutes it smoked the battery. That battery that's in there won't even take a charge either. Yikes.
5: so Yeah, so, it's got a dead shore uh, someplace. Yeah. You got something rubbed up against uh you know, a ground somewhere or something that's causing that, John.
0: Okay. So, yeah, that was the first thing I was going to do is I was going to go out there now because it's, it's less than 20 miles an hour wind blowing, John, so it's perfect. That's
5: awesome. <laughs> oh, and, then, you know, the other thing, too, because I know you, 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 you're you doing mani- – and this is on the old Chevy, right? Yeah, this is
0: the 80. 80- yeah, uh, you know, I was,
5: because of the manifolds, make sure we don't have a positive wire pinched or down by the exhaust that's rubbed
6: through or burned through or something along those lines because the yeah. hot wire goes yeah, that, right down that, to the starter. That's true. Yeah, and sometimes when they right. put new so manifolds on, they'll it rub right against charge. it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was going to do first is go through all the wires and everything yep. and see if I find I'm it. I'm guessing you got one burned on
5: there. a manifold yeah, or something, I is my guess.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's a good place to go because after I did the manifold, and it fired right up and ran good, but I'm wondering if something got hot enough to while it was gone, yep. it
5: shorted out. I, I'm on just. Historically, on those particular vehicles, there's not too many places for there to be big shorts, but that's one of them. Okay, and then of course the because you know because General Motors stuff, so. for you know did it a little differently than everybody else. They ran a constant hot wire to the starter at all times. Mm-hmm. Not every company did that, but they did.
0: Okay, so there we go. And ah, right, John, we, that's what I needed. Oh, okay. one other thing yeah. from yesterday when we were talking about survival gear. Yeah. After I hung up, I went to Amazon, and we were talking about having maybe a poncho or and and a space blanket. Yes. They make a combination poncho space blanket. You can get a four-pack for 20 bucks.
5: There you go. Yep. So, all right, guys, have a great weekend, Josh. You're awesome. No, John, thank you very much. Randy in Kansas, John in Littleton, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
10: Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take aim, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With a 321 buy-down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913 the third, and the remaining years at 6.913 with an APR of 6.985. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month less the first year, $511 the second, $262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take AIM, 720-895-0500. Three-to-one buy-downs available up to 95% loan-to-value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV, 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of eleven sixteen. NMLS 298191 and rates subject to change.
11: Choosing Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center almost 20 years ago was one of the best decisions we ever made for our pets. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and I know it's a busy time of the year for all of us, but it's no reason to forget about our pets. Our pets are a part of our family, and they need their checkups and preventative care just as we humans do. Whether a pet is new to the family or has been a family member for many years, regular checkups are the foundation of our pet's overall health. Depending on your pet's age, a preventative care visit will include the basics, such as an exam and vaccinations, diet and weight management, and parasite preventatives. But it could also involve a spay or neuter discussion, microchipping, concerns about house training or behavior issues, At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, the medical team will take the time to get to know your pet and address the concerns you have about your pet's care. It's what your pet deserves, and it's good medicine. Whether your pet needs medical, dental, or surgical care, boarding, grooming, behavior training, pet foods, or pet care products, you'll find it at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center the place where my pets go. Call today, 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. And don't forget to visit their website at LoneTreeVet.com.
3: Here are the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. But you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression, combustion, and the amount of cash in your pocket with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs. This problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three Cs in just 15 minutes. It has three letters, E.
5: Have you planned well enough to be able to do the things you love when that time comes? When will you take Social Security? Have you thought about health care during your retirement days? Will you stay in your current home or move to another part of the country or world? These are all questions Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial will ask you. The only way Al can help you with your financial future is to know what your future goals are. You don't want to be that person that tries to retire only to find themselves back at work because there wasn't enough money to handle all the expenses. Al will stress test your current plan, if you have one, and show what needs to be changed to make sure you achieve your financial goals. Al doesn't just help you with your financial goals either, he'll help you achieve your personal goals as well. That's Al's goal for all of his clients. He wants you to be financially free so you can achieve the things you've always wanted to do. Call Al Smith today at 303-744-1128 or visit our website drive-radio.com.
11: Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference.
5: Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Again, Justin from Ridge, Ridgeline Auto Brokers up in Boulder with me. Josh Goff as well, who's the owner of Ridgeline and Legacy Automotive as well. Somebody texted in, too, and said, how about the E-Mustang for a dumb name?
6: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is a dumb That's one. That's
5: a dumb one as well. So, John and Littleton, you're next. Go ahead.
2: Hey, how you do, How you guys doing? Good, Good, John. So, I'm sitting here getting ready to spend my money with the state for AirCare Colorado. <laughs>
5: Sad about that. I'm sorry.
2: Well, hey, uh, um, as far as car names, uh, there's two that I don't like so much:
5: Gremlin.
6: yeah,
2: and Pinto. Yeah, I don't know who thinks of these car names. I can think of much.
12: I better. don't either.
5: I mean, John, I wonder at times they just all sit around and have these board meetings and they just come up with dumb names and they pick the dumbest one out of a hat and that's what they run. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs>
2: well, hey, I had a question. I have a 2000. Honda Odyssey minivan
5: okay
2: um, I bought it a couple of years ago. It was originally a car that was back in Connecticut. I need to bri- bleed the brakes. I was going to do that last weekend and I was looking at the the front brakes are fine. I mean I can get to them. the bleeders are good. The back calipers are like nothing but rust and I'm really afraid <laughs> to break that bleeder open for fear that I'll either break it or not be able to get it shut again.
5: You're probably right. Have yeah. to
2: get your thoughts on
6: that. Uh, if they're I mean, not coming open easily.
7: You could try to soak them overnight before you start playing.
6: But yeah, other than that, okay. I'd, I'd probably get another set of calipers sitting there. Just in case? Just in yep. case. Yep. You know, you soak them, you know, and let them sit for a while, and then you can always put a socket on there and hit the socket a few times, and that kind of jars it and it kind of breaks a little bit of that rust up. But... Oh, not much okay. else you can do. Yeah, the other
5: the other trick to those and again you cuz you you're not going to if it works it works if it doesn't you're not out because you're going to do what these guys are talking about anyways John but this small yeah. little impact wrenches like what you would use like with with some of your little drivers Milwaukee makes them Makita makes them and so on. Sometimes that what you know that knocking the socket mm-hmm. like Josh just said and then using an impact to actually take the bleeder. I know that sounds you know, kind of high end, but that jarring of that impact will loosen the rust sometimes.
2: Oh, okay.
5: Makes sense? Um, yeah, it
2: does
7: make sense. It's kind of, of
5: pounding at it versus just twisting it.
7: You know, just okay. safety-wise, it, it may be better to just replace the calipers anyways.
5: If they're that bad, if, if they don't come, if, you're, if you work at this for two or three minutes and they don't come loose, Justin's right. Yeah,
2: yeah
7: that's a safety
5: concern. Yeah. Okay.
2: yeah, I was just, I was shocked, I, you know, Maybe the front ones have been replaced before I got the car.
7: Probably.
5: The
2: back ones have never been replaced.
5: Uh, um, I, I think yeah, I, I would, I would, I would do exactly what Josh said first, though, John. I would have a set of calipers there just in case.
7: Yep. You can always yep. return them. Yeah, okay. if, if, if yeah. you can get them <laughs> right. loose,
5: you're, you're not out anything. The other thing I would do, too, is I would buy two new calipers and then buy two bleeder screws. Just in case you get those loose, you're going to put new bleeder screws back in it.
7: Oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, okay, great. You can okay. buy those separately. Yeah, you can clients. buy just bleeder screws. So buy two bleeders and then buy two calipers. You're going to use one of those. Something's going back. Either the bleeder screws are going back, <laughs> which <we> you <should laughs> probably just throw in your toolbox, <laughs> yeah. or the calipers are going back, but yeah. something's going to go back. Yep. Okay. And is there
2: anything special I need to know about an Odyssey as far as processor bleeding, or is it pretty standard starting
5: to back? It, it's pretty easy. On an 7, there shouldn't be any issues.
6: What I always do is bleed, you know... The right front, then the left rear, and the right rear and the right front because they cross over. So oh, that's what okay. I do, and then I usually go through and bleed the front again because it seems like then right. the air always makes it the front. But I always start right front, left rear, right rear, left front, and that tends to be the way to get it all out. And then you, oh, sometimes okay. you have to re-bleed the right front again, but most of the time by the time you're you're there, it's all done.
7: What side's the ABS module on in that engine bay?
6: It's on the the driver's side. On the driver's side. Yeah. Okay, and uh,
2: the other thing was about fluid. I know in some cases, Honda, you really need to use their fluids. Is brake fluid brake fluid?
5: They don't make their own fluid, so use whatever is recommended, yes.
2: Okay, all right, great. I know that for the transmission, I've changed that out a few times, the fluid. And i got to use the Honda food. i tried something else, and it didn't
6: act right. Right. So I use, I don't know what's weird about Hondas,
2: but there must be
6: something. And you can but upgrade it to DOT 4 on that car if you want to. But DOT oh, 3 can is, I? And that, that's not a problem. Yeah. DOT 3 is what it originally came with and is what they recommend. Right.
7: And Josh, the advantage to that is heat resistance? Yeah, exactly. And less
5: moisture contamination it, down the road operation. and so on. Yeah. Exactly.
7: Okay, well,
2: fantastic. I'll uh, All right. I'll, I'll act gingerly and uh, have Okay, ready have fun, to John.
5: Have Best Appreciate it. One. Yeah, at least it's a good weekend to do that. So enjoy, Randy in Kansas. You're next, sir. Go ahead.
1: Hey, hello, John. Uh, you made it quite vivid yesterday or last week that newer is better than older. But uh, as far as this question of the day stuff goes, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, agree to disagree on certain things. One okay. would be I've heard so many people complaining about their tire monitor or pressure or whatever and they got to go see their dealer or check engine light and all this kind of crap for five or ten dollars you can go out and what's called a good old fashioned air gauge you don't have to worry about all that mess and it doesn't take long and you can probably get a pretty you know close accurate reading so that's that's as far as that goes i won't take that any further my uh fuel injectors question uh I bought the car probably 130, I have put 100 on it or so, you know, it's 240,000. If they're original, I'm very, very surprised, but I mean, hey, right, that that's cool. And a lot of people say if things aren't broke, don't fix it. I'm one of those people that say, well, preventative maintenance means a lot. Uh, but the guy down the road, I asked him about it, and basically he said, well, what's the problem with them? I said, I don't have a problem with them, they've just, you know... I don't know if they've been changed, but if they had, I've got $240,000 and spent 12 miles, and I want to change them basically for the leakage if those seals want to leak. And, you know, I run BG44 to keep it clean and all. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's one of them, if it ain't real, don't fix it kind of deal, uh, I want them changed. Do, Do I find another mechanic or just let them break on a Saturday and... Everything's called Sunday, and it's week to get in. Well, I mean, I that's your call. I mean,
5: the, the the plus side to an injector is rarely, rarely are all six going to go bad on that on that Jeep right. at one time. I mean, you right. may have one that starts to drip where you start to get some, some you know, overfueling yeah. issues and so on. And at that point, you know, yeah, you get it in, change them out, and be done. I mean, it, it rarely, I don't know if I've ever seen one of those leave someone stranded because an injector started to drip. Oh. Huh. But even with one, you're going to get a little rough idle and so on
1: and so You'll forth. You'll know. To turn the key and drive to car yes. and have it be, You'll know. It be good and fine yes. and dandy.
5: Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I'll I am one on that car, it. where I don't think I would change them until it's bad. No, I wouldn't, no. You may end up having more issues what? afterwards than what you're bargaining for.
6: Yeah, and you're doing uh, the maintenance I, with the 44K. I,
5: you can you could get another 100000 out of those. You have no idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's not going to help that rubber seal that may leak, you know. It's that's not gonna really gonna a rubber seal.
5: The seal, the rubber seal is just what... Is sealing it to the head itself, if you would, or to the rail itself, the right. inside the injector itself. It's a it's a it's a pintle system, so n- there's no seal there, Randy.
1: Well, I, I thought you had to somehow, you know, like when I had to do my uh, what do you call it, the uh, oil filter adapter, whatever you call it. You know, there are seals in there. I said, "Are oh, they leak?" And he said, "No, but they will."
5: that's different gonna, than an injector know, so there's a seal you know two, two totally different two totally different things so there, there there is a seal though that keeps it from leaking right Keeps, that's, the, that's keeps it, me the most keeps it from leaking in what regard
1: well i don't want to see that's one of the symptoms you can look at you know if they're leaking let's say they're clean you'll but, you never know.
5: see one leaking externally i don't know that i've ever seen an injector leak externally occasionally you'll see one along those lines. But typically, an injector starts to drip or leak internally in and of itself. The pinel gets worn or you, you, know, you get some contamination, a uh, piece of dirt, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, rarely do you see an injector leak externally. I mean, guys, am leak, I right? I mean, You're right. You, you I just mean, don't
6: ever see them yeah. leak externally, Randy. Usually the only time we see them leak externally is when I the get O-ring leak, gets cut when you put them back together. Correct.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back again, together. And, Randy, I would say this is one of those situations where if it ain't broke, leave it alone.
1: Right. But I want to ask you why I got you on the phone here. If if it did decide it wanted to leak or drip or what have you, that's going to
5: give me a rough lean or... Rough idle, you're know, gonna get a misfire. Yeah, Rafael, mm-hmm. rough idle. Check engine light. You know, yep. to Justin's point, yep. something along those lines. Yeah, if
7: you don't have a check engine light, okay. you know, save that money for your 44Ks because that's what's that's exactly. what's keeping them alive. Yeah, you, keep you're doing it. the right thing already.
1: Possible that? Is it possible that those are original? I mean, like that's where I get
9: back yeah. to that. Very old yeah, those, those very possible. Those four liters
5: will run a long time. Like mm-hmm. 240,000? 000? I mean, or more? No 300. I've yeah. seen them go 300. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I will leave them alone. Yeah, I don't think I'd mess with it. All
1: right. Well, you guys should have a great weekend. You too. Merry Christmas, Randy.
5: Appreciate it very much. All right, we come back. We've uh, kind of cleared out calls. We're going to talk about buying cars. We'll give you guys a few tips. I've got a text message even that came in along those lines that we'll get started with on a particular truck to buy. So we'll talk about that as soon as we come back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns? Are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace, and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842. Or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical, heating, and air.
4: For quality and service beyond compare.
13: Electrical, heating and air.
3: If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go?
13: You had no clue that your headlights were so dim until it started getting darker earlier, and then you realized you could hardly see anything while you were driving home. Extreme Auto Repair will restore your headlights at a reasonable cost without replacing them, just by clarifying the lens. Don't drive when it's that difficult for you to see the road, because that means it's harder for others to see you, too. Headlight restoration is more affordable than the alternatives, such as replacement or a DIY kit that takes forever and costs nearly as much. Only replace your headlights when you need to. When Extreme is done, your headlights will be functionally comparable to a new car for a reasonable price. Keep yourself and others safe on the road and avoid getting a ticket by calling Extreme Auto Repair right now. Set up your headlight restoration and routine maintenance at 303-841-1071. That's 303-841-1071. Or you can write them a message at klzradio.com slash extreme.
4: You want to protect your classic car in the event of an accident on the way to a car show or a surprise Colorado hailstorm. But you shouldn't insure your classic car the same way you'd insure your everyday vehicle. Paul Inigro and his team at Group Insurance Analysts will get you the right coverage for your classic car. Just like with any other form of insurance, Paul and his team at GIA will shop the entire market at no extra charge, hunting for the right coverage at the best price. Remember, GIA works for you, not a specific insurance company, so they have more options. Unlike other forms of insurance, though, you should not insure your classic car based on cash value. You've put a lot of work into that car, so the real value far exceeds the book price. GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call
5: 303-423-0162. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Again, uh, line, our lines are open. We're going to talk some, some car um, tips, how to buy here in just a moment so you may want to wait and give us a call here in a few minutes if you call give us a little bit of time to get through this uh we'll do our best to get this you know again we're we got three hours so we're going to kind of intermix this throughout the show but uh, i'm here myself of course josh goff ridgeline automotive and legacy automotive in boulder and then he brought along one of his uh, top notch guys justin with him today as well so question came in guys one of a wheel drive what's our picks now that's a loaded question because smaller as in do you want half ton are we talking tacoma size tacoma colorado size yeah what yeah what are we looking at on a 10 year old or so vehicle because that's kind of a loaded question
7: well the best small small track out there is i would say the tacoma
5: but for for something that's 10 years old yeah yeah. but the price is oh you're going
7: to pay a lot for one
5: Yes, and the thing you have to worry about on, and again, this is part of our education here just in buying cars in general. So one of the things you have to worry about on Tacomas especially, and Justin, you'll know what I mean here, is who owned it? Oh, yeah. How was it taken care of? Mm-hmm. Where did it go? What, what was do? done to it? All of those things. Now, it could have just been a grocery getter that somebody bought, and they never planned on going off-road, and they never did. And Okay, great. That's one vehicle. On the same token, you could be buying one that was in the mountains, off-road, every single weekend, <laughs> all year long, <laughs> right. even. And that's probably one you don't want.
7: Or sat outside in the East Coast.
5: Uh, yeah, yeah or back, the to, rust back to belt. what we were just talking about a moment ago with the Odyssey. So there's a lot of things there that you know you need to look at, and this is where it can get a little bit dicey. We'll go through some of this today, give you guys some tips on this, but you know, knowing the vehicle history— It, to me, is one of the most important things on it, and you can't always get that. And I get this question a lot, and I've had even some of you listeners text me two different vehicles and say, which one would you buy? Here's going to be my number one automatic choice. If I have a vehicle that's got a 100,000 miles... But I know the owner, I know how well it was maintained, I've got all the records sitting in front of me proving everything that's been done, or I can buy a50,000 vehicle, or 50,000-mile vehicle that I know nothing about. I'm buying the 100K vehicle that I know all the history of.: Oh, absolutely. all day long. Yep. Okay? Absolutely. All day long. Because I want to know what's been done to that vehicle. That 50,000-mile vehicle, even though it's half the miles, if it's had half the maintenance, I don't want it.
7: One thing that I think we're willing to do at Ridgeline is you're welcome to call us with a VIN, Uh, even if it's not something that you're purchasing from us. We are happy to run a Carfax report for you. Even if it's not from us, we'd rather protect you. Good point. So that we can look into the history and then have someone look at it.
5: And and to Justin's point, and here really quick, I want to explain as well. The Carfax side of it is a start. Mm -hmm. Just a start. Just Just remember, not every single thing done to a car is put on Carfax. In other words, you could have some really anal owner, like me, who does all the maintenance themselves it's never going to make it to carfax you're going right. to re- rely on that individual how the vehicle looks how it checks out yeah. to justin's point a moment ago and all of that that you're going to have to look at versus somebody that goes to legacy every single time the vehicle needs attention and you guys are going to report to carfax but here's the other thing guys not every repair shop out there reports to carfax That's the majority
6: true. of them don't only yep. the
5: good ones do folks yeah. yep. the majority do not so even though and by the way not knocking that that, that's, a, that's a software management end of things in shops, not necessarily the quality of the repairs going on in the shop. Now, I'm one that says that typically the good shops are going to be doing those things anyways. But needless to say, you could find a very well-maintained vehicle that's been at an independent shop that doesn't report to Carfax and still be okay, is my point. Yes, that absolutely you can. But in that case, you need physical proof in, in the form of invoices what's been done to this vehicle Mm -hmm.
7: and it's it's worth spending a hundred hundred and fifty dollars to have a vehicle inspected or more before you i mean it's just you know second biggest purchase next to a house is usually your vehicle
5: we josh and i talked about this a couple of days ago actually yesterday or thursday talked about this thursday justin yeah you can buy cars in the 5 6k range yes but let's face it if you want a really good used car you're 10k or above now folks
7: absolutely and i you know over the last two or three years with inflation, you may even be 15, 20 Yeah, now. it's going up all the time.
5: Yeah, yeah. to your point. Yeah. Yes, and it is.
7: You know, the, they are saying that prices are coming down on used cars. They're not yet. They're not.
5: Okay, now, I got an answer back on, were, were we talking small truck like Tacoma, or are we talking half-ton truck? And I got an answer back, half-ton trucks, So smaller truck, i.e. Okay. half-ton. Okay. By the way, that opens things up immensely. It does. Because really... Um, that comes down to more what fits you, what style do you like, what kind of fuel economy do you want to have mm-hmm. in it, because a 10-year-old truck, you know, we're looking at basically 2012 model year, uh, and in that, in that particular case, you've got a wide range of vehicles. The biggest thing is finding a good quality, everything we just mentioned, by the way, on that midsize truck applies to even that same, by the way, applies to every vehicle, half-ton, three-quarter-ton, one-ton, small, doesn't matter. The same thing applies. Biggest thing is having it checked out because you, you, you don't know what – a vehicle that old, you won't know the history until yeah, you have all I that. Agree. So I, I don't – for the person texting me, I don't have a brand preference.
6: This no. comes down to you. The truth is they are they're all have problems, but they're all good trucks. Correct. So as long – you just find what fits you. And
5: each one has its own pros and cons. For example, Toyota Tundra, great truck. High quality, longevity, mileage sucks. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's finally gotten better now with the new Tundras that are in the hybrid version. But before that, if you wanted to just pay money for fuel, go buy a Tundra. If you yep. want to pay money for fuel, go buy a Titan. In that year, if you want to pay money for fuel, go buy a Dodge. Mm-hmm. Your best fuel economy vehicles out of all of those in that year were Ford and GM. Yep. If you want high fuel yeah. economy, you gotta go find a Ford F one fifty or a Chevy Silverado, you know, or a GM fifteen hundred, you know, GM Sierra. Those are gonna be your two choices if you wanna save fuel economy. Mm-hmm. If that's your if that's your biggest thing in that era, you're down to two choices, Ford or GM, because all of the others I'm just I'm just being straight up honest, all of the others stink on fuel economy
7: yeah you, you don't have to buy a v8 truck anymore
5: you know you can you can buy a four-cylinder you, you or six-cylinder
7: turbocharged truck and that they are they are runners
5: you probably not in 2012 though
7: when yeah. uh when did the eco boost start in the
5: in uh, that Ford would be EcoBoost. Yeah, that would be some in of the early ecos but be careful on some of those oh, as yeah. you guys know right they very like very to leak because well, <laughs> some of those early eco boosts had their own issues so I, honestly, this is one of those where I hate to say it this way because I'm, I'm not trying to pigeonhole you into something, but a 10 year old truck, if you're looking for good fuel economy, I'd probably go find a really good GM one to buy.
4: Because I, I just I agree. know overall mm-hmm.
5: longevity of that truck, outside of everything else we're talking about, will supersede all the rest.
7: I think that 5.3 liter, you know, with, shuts
5: down a couple cylinders too. The yeah. longevity of it yep. is pretty yep. hard to beat, folks. Yep. So, I. Again, not telling you you got to go all the way down to one truck, but a 10-year-old, you know, unless you can find a cream puff in some of the other ones I just talked about, and you don't mind spending money on fuel. You know, if you don't mind spending money on fuel, you know Toyota, Titan, any, all those are good. Dodge, whatever, fine, knock your socks off. But you're going to spend money on fuel in that era on those other vehicles because they did not get... I mean, and when I say spend money on fuel, you're talking... 13 to 15 miles to the gallon on those trucks, and I'm not exaggerating, folks, when I say that. If there's not a trailer behind it. Thank you. That's just every day driving around town. You put a trailer, it's 10 or less. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, where you could go to the GM Ford side, the GM side, and I'm not joking, be up in the 18 to 20 range. Mm -hmm. There's a vast difference in fuel economy in that model year on all of those different trucks. And, and by the way, Toyota, just until this year, they finally they finally caught up with their hybrid version, which still doesn't do as well as it ought to, by the way. Um, just my own opinion, I think it should do better in economy than, than what it's doing. Y- you can still go buy a, a Chevy or a Ford and get as a good of, good, of, good of economy with that, not the hybrid version F-150, but just their regular F-150. You can do as well fuel economy as you can with the hybrids.
7: I guess my other question would be with a 10-year-old truck is, is price point. You're going to spend a lot more buying a Tundra than you are buying a
5: domestic truck. Mm-hmm. You will. So. And have better fuel economy. So. Yeah. All right, we'll get into more buying tips in a moment. But the biggest thing when it comes to some of this, by the way, is, and this was a great question to start us off with, what are you going to buy? Because once you know and you start getting into that rhythm of, okay, these are the vehicles I'm looking at, Everything else kind of go, – you got your blinders on. Everything else goes by the wayside because this is the particular area that I'm headed, which, by the way, I think is a good place to start. Mike, hang tight. We'll come back and take you in just a second. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to 5 to 7 years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years?
12: That's 303-662-0789.
5: All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Somebody texted and said, we can send a man to the moon, but we still have to get a ladder out, open the hood, reach for the dipstick, and do your measuring of the oil in the engine why can't fluid be monitored from the dash well let me let, you, let me tell you they are in a lot of cases now <laughs> they are yeah there's a lot of new vehicles where you don't have to pull the dipstick because it does tell you right in the dash how full the vehicle uh, how how full the oil the crankcase actually is mike in highlands ranch you're up hey thank you john appreciate it very you're welcome much. A
2: quick comment before the question i have a vehicle that has electric dipstick Give me a dipstick all day long.
7: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes,
2: please. Terrible. Yes, please. Yes, please. It's it's the worst idea on the planet. Um, next question: uh, 2019 Chevy Traverse LT. Time for a tranny uh, flush for it. And so, does that have a filter on it? Do you guys know,
5: per chance? What is it again? Traverse. It's a, a-, a nineteen. 2019 traverse. 2019 Reverse I don't I think all it's got is a screen in it. I don't think there's a filter in that one, Mike if, I'm, if my memory is correct, screen only okay, I believe.:
2: okay. All right, well, thank you very much. That's what I was curious. even if it does have a filter, I'll take it back if I don't need it. so uh, I'll, I'll check and see what I'm taking it out to extreme anyway, so
5: Okay, perfect. All right, guys. Uh, Great show as usual. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you, man. Very much. Really do. Dale, go ahead, sir. What's going on? Hi, John. How you doing? I'm doing great, Dale.
9: Uh, In reference to your truck you were talking about, I bought a 09 Chevy Silverado a while back. $2,800 came out of the state and did a little engine work on it and then I wanted to get the Tranny service, but it had a bad flywheel. So, not knowing the history, I just said to heck with it. Uh, bought a new Jasper training for, for it. Okay. Had it put in when they did the, when they did the flywheel. I will tell you what, this 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 thing is phenomenal. Fuel mileage, yes. in comfort, you know, it, I mean, it's it's way better than my little ranger. And I had it for, you know, for But it gets better fuel mileage
5: than it does. Yeah, the the old, you know, as I said a moment ago, Dell, those older half-tons, I mean, honestly, for all-around, general, everyday use, pretty hard to beat.
9: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this one's titled is a work truck. So it don't have the electric windows and that. But it's got factory trailer, uh... I could set up in it, and on Star, and, nice. you know, the whole thing, you know, and I couldn't eat it for what I paid for it, even what I got in it. Nice. You know, I know when I got it, the most I used was dollars Good job, Dale. You no know, but it, yeah, it, it, it's got the 4.8 in it.
5: Uh, that was one of the better engines yeah they were fuel economy yeah Del. no good stuff No, Dell, good appreciate it very much that's that's great uh, kind of adds to what we were just talking about a moment ago when it comes to vehicle alright really quick guys other tips so we've you know and I know this is the biggest issue and I, and I always try to tell people get a legal pad out really in my opinion just line out okay here's my needs Now, if you want to put some wants in there, that's fine. But here's my true needs in a vehicle. Then what I've always said is figure out what vehicle fits that need. Mm -hmm. And, And we've got reviews that we've done now since 2008. There's all sorts of ways to figure out what those vehicles are. If you ever question, you can ask me, Justin, Josh, whatever. We've got plenty of resources to help you when it comes to that. Luckily, we live in a day and age to where there's usually not just one choice. You now, typically, once you identify a vehicle that works for you, you probably have five to ten choices depending upon make, model, what you decide works for you. Now, one thing I've always tried to get people to do as well is get the stereotypes out of your head. In other words, I'm not buying a Subaru because every liberal out there drives one. You know, I I could care less about all that stuff. Buy the car that best fits you and what you're trying to do not based upon what you think of the vehicle elsewise. Correct. Okay, uh, Minivans. A lot of minivans get bad raps because I'm not driving a minivan. Well, I'll tell you what, they're pretty versatile and they work pretty darn good, and depending upon where you're at family-wise, might still be a really good choice. Exactly. So don't, don't throw something out just because I'm not driving that. Don't say that. Make sure you're buying the right vehicle for what you need. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy with the vehicle that you buy. I agree. Great point.
6: Yep, absolutely. Don't buy a Ferrari to be a daily driver. It's, yeah, yep. there you go. Or any exotic for that <laughs> exactly. matter. I mean, don't buy a Camaro to
5: drive in the snow. <laughs> right, or That's Mustang. The other day. Yeah. Or a Mustang. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not you really don't need a, a Mustang as a daily driver 24 or sorry, 12 months out of the year in Colorado probably not your best choice. No.
7: That's yeah. going to be a second
5: car. That's yeah. usually a second car. Thank you. Or, you know, if you've got the ability to have other modes of transportation on those rough weather days, fine. Then it can be your primary car, but you have to have other alternatives because that car, in the conditions we're going to have coming up this next week, probably not the best car to own. Mm-hmm. Yes, please, please don't block traffic. You know, Dodge mm-hmm. Challenger, Camaro, Mustang. I mean, the, the, And by the way, those are also, in my opinion, and I know I'm going to take some grief for this probably, those are also not good first-kid cars. No. Sorry. Uh, And I know there's some kids out there, some younger people out there, where if they want to buy it, they know all about it, they can handle it, they can do all of that because I was one of those guys. Okay, you know what? Knock your socks off. If that's you and you have that ability and you're, you're a younger individual and you can make that work, fine. But if you're just a parent buying a Camaro for a first car for your kid, you're a moron.
7: Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons for that, too. I mean, first off is we're all a little reckless when we're young. The second is what is the insurance going to be on that?
5: Correct. And then back to what I just said a moment ago. How are they getting around 12 months out of the year? (laughs) They're not. How are they going to get from A to B at age 16, given all of that? So, again, these are things to think through. Buck, I want to give you plenty of time, so we'll take you right at the top of the hour here after we come back from break. Uh, We'll continue with this conversation on how to buy cars, because one of the things we want to get into too on the technical side of it here when we come back for the 11 o'clock hour is just what happens on the paperwork end of things. You buy a car out of state, you come to Colorado. How is that going to work as far as registration goes and all the different things that come into play? There's a lot of factors out there that a lot of folks don't know when it comes to even what I just said a moment ago, oh, I'll buy a car out of state, I'll save a lot of money. Well, maybe. We'll get into all of that, too, as soon as we come back. We've got a lot more to talk about. Again, guys from Ridgeline Auto Brokers in Boulder are with us today. You can find them on our website. Go to drive-radio.com. They're all listed there. And then, of course, Legacy Automotive, all the same, by the way. Legacy Automotive, Ridgeline Auto Brokers, all the same. Josh Goff, the owner. We'll be right back, guys. Uh, Buck and Shine again, hang tight. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
13: Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com.